What kind of king ascends a throne in the shape of a cross with a sign mockingly above it saying, the king of the Jews? Well, this is Jesus. This is our Lord. And on this Sunday, Christ the King Sunday, this is when we celebrate Jesus ascending his throne of glory. The cross. Foolishness to an unbelieving world, but For us who believe, it is the place that we know salvation has been won for us, given to us in the saving blood of Jesus, and it is the place of the glory of the Lord manifested in the one he calls Emmanuel, God with us. And here's his saving work. A saving work that now calls us into a relationship with him as trustees. And we've been discussing this this aspect. Wow! Wow! We get to be a trustee of the kingdom of all of the Lord God's resources that he gives to me in my life, and I'm called to manage them, to be a steward of them, trusting. He's trusting and trusting me with them for his glory and praise and the well-being of others around me. Wow. What a privilege this is. What a strange way for God to choose to act, but yet this is the way he does in his son and in you and me. And, and, and we've discovered these last weeks, I, I know I've been convicted, I think maybe you have too, that living as a trustee is challenging. It's hard. There's pitfalls along the way. We've been confronted with our own sinfulness along the way. We're, we're seeing and being renewed again in the, the need for a new life that's defined by Jesus so that this trusteeship might be known in our lives in the way that it's purposed to be. It's kind of like climbing to the top of a pinnacle. Some of you recognize this picture because you've been there. Some of you, many times. This is Humpback Rocks, just five miles to the south of Afton Gap on the Blue Ridge Parkway. I've been there, too, many times, although not recently. So this picture reminds me of great times, hiking up there with family, friends, maybe sometimes alone as well. But when I see this picture, I'm also reminded that along the way, that trail is tough. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's steep. And in fact, sometimes along the way, I've fallen and skinned my shin uh, I've seen friends fall and bruise their knee. Uh, it's, it's a challenge. But boy, is it worth it when you get to the top, right? Wow. I'm looking forward to going back there again sometime soon. The, the walk of life as a trustee is filled with potholes and, and, and times of tripping and falling and being bruised. But we're also discovering that the life of a trustee is, is wow. What, what a view that the Lord would have for us as trustees of his kingdom as he calls us to walk in him. Hearing the gospel reading this morning, I'm sure also is challenging and hard, especially out of the context of, of Good Friday, of Holy Week, of the week of the passion of Jesus, right? To hear that message of, of Jesus picking up his cross and Cyrene, uh, Simon from Cyrene uh, carrying it for him then in time and making his way to Golgotha, being nailed, crucified there, that's hard to hear. And that's been a stumbling block for many throughout the millennia that that a saving God would choose to save humanity in this way. Now, for you and me, we hear it as the message of the saving gospel. We hear it as the message of our, our hope and life in the kingdom. But it's still hard to hear. Jesus is ascending then to where his father had has sent him to be as his one and only son. God with us for our salvation. And we hear in Luke 23, verse 26. If you have your Bibles with you, you want to follow along. 
take some notes today, please, please do. As this, this account begins, as the soldiers led Jesus away. This is not by accident. It's not some kind of a happenstance. This is according to the Lord's plan. This is the Lord God Almighty working out for us that salvation for which Jesus was sent to win for us. This is, this is going according to the way that the Lord wants. But those disciples, did they recognize that? Did the people around see this was God's purpose and plan? For the, for the unbelieving world, this was for them the, the sake of good. We're getting rid of an enemy. Let's take him to the cross. But for us and for our salvation, we who believe in Jesus by, by God's grace through faith, this for us is Jesus' ascent to glory. Here, the very trusteeship of Jesus himself as God's son is being put on display. The faithfulness of our God in his one and only son because he loves us, loves people. He wants people to be saved. And along the way, Jesus is climbing, he's ascending to this throne, this cross, this pinnacle. And we encounter in ourselves various people that we we see. One of them is this guy called Simon of Cyrene, who is coming in from the country. And the soldiers grab Simon and they they force him to carry Jesus' cross, right? Hey, I got other things to do. I'm, I'm coming in from the country into Jerusalem to conduct my business. I've only got so much time here and now you're forcing me to... To take this cross to a, of a person that I don't even really know? Sometimes, I would imagine, our call as members of the kingdom of God to manage life and its resources feels like, maybe even sounds like, kind of a forced, a forced package or burden or responsibility to carry. Sometimes. Doesn't it? You want me to give more time? You want me to exercise time in a way that I don't have enough of anyway? And, and spend time with the Lord in the morning when my day starts so early? I don't have time to exercise these, these, this gift of time in the way that you're asking me to. Kind of feels forced upon you sometimes, doesn't it? I wrestle with that. There was Simon of Cyrene. There's also women who mourned and wailed for him. These professional mourners. Now, for sure, there were family members in there. Some of these women were family members. But there were also professional mourners who would line the streets and wail and cry out when people were led to their execution. And Jesus calls them out on this, doesn't he? He says, what are you doing here? He, in the guy, Luke is the only one who, uh, who, who addresses uh, that. Luke is the only one who records that Jesus addresses the women in this way. And he's calling them out on their actions. And sometimes, Lord... As we've discovered these weeks, I need to be called out on my actions because sometimes my stewardship isn't really pleasing to you. Along the way, there were two other men. They were both criminals, and they were also let out with him to be executed. One of them was very critical of this Jesus and why they were there and Jesus not helping him. (laughs) Sound familiar? Am I that voice? Do we, do we give off that voice of criticism of the kingdom when there are things that we just don't quite understand as the Lord is working out his plan among us? We're called to be the one to whom Jesus says, you're going to see me in paradise. 
Well, that's the promise of our baptism at work. Yes, Lord. So put that critical voice behind me, Lord. Verse 35, there were people who stood watching, rulers. They sneered at him. They were making fun of this son of God and the lack of comprehension of exercising faith, understanding, understanding the situation of the Old Testament coming to fulfillment right among them in their midst. God at work. And the soldiers, they also came up and they mocked him. There was one, though, one soldier, right, who would stand at the foot of the cross of our Lord and say, surely this was the Son of God. Apparently, he swam against the, swam against the stream. He didn't do what everybody else was doing. He was standing on his own as a man of faith. Ah, we're called that. We're called that way. To be a child of God in faith and to stand against the world. But, but I'm so often one of those other soldiers. Lord, what are you going to do with me as you've called me to be a trustee of your kingdom and yet I struggled in these ways that are so apparent in these people even in the, the death of your son Jesus. You get to the top of that pinnacle of where Jesus hiked that day. It's quite a view. Wow. The son of God crucified on a cross bearing the wounds of our sinfulness and suffering a death that you and I deserve, not just physically, but an eternal separation from a Father who created us, Jesus bears that upon himself. Wow. Quite a view. And when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified Jesus there, along with the criminals. There was one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus speaks these words. We hear them in English, maybe in this kind of syntax. But Jesus speaks these words, and Luke puts them in such a way as the Spirit inspired him that informs us Jesus is speaking these words over and over again. It's not just a one-time statement. Jesus is being thrown on the ground. The bruises and scars and wounds of the scourging bleeding out. And they pull his arms aside. And Jesus is crying out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And a soldier takes a spike and rams it into his hand and his other wrist and his feet. And Jesus is crying out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And the ropes strain, strain against that cross beam. And Jesus is hoisted up. Onto the cross, and the, uh, the weight of his body is ripping those, those nails and his wounds. And Jesus is crying out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Jesus is hanging there. And people just like you and me who, who fail to see the, the grasp, the totality of the Lord at work, who come up to his cross and make fun of him because of, of sin, uh, our sin, Jesus cries out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Over and over and over again. This is the work of our Savior, Jesus, as a trustee of the very kingdom of our saving God. 
the gifts that we have to call, that we're called to manage, that Jesus manages for us, begins out of that relationship of trust. Jesus is entrusted with the salvation of your life and mine. And he calls us into that trusting relationship by his, by his grace. And we know that through faith. And he, he allows us then to know the, the blessings of his kingdom in all these different ways that are like, like packages to unwrap. Wow, Lord, I get to discover the blessings of, of serving and living as a trustee, forgiven of my sins because you have called out. You continue to call out repeatedly. Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. When I fail in my trusteeship, you're there crying on my behalf. And I'm forgiven. Yes, forgiven and restored and a new life now that we've been imparted with, flows forth. So that the purpose of the Lord and his working in my life is clearly known. I live, my existence is for him, him alone, his kingdom, and caring for those around me. We put it this way in our, in our mission statement, right? Sharing the life and love of Jesus Christ, the grace we know, with all, for others, on others' behalf. That purpose... As often a challenge for me, you, us, together. But we're up to the challenge. For the Lord God Almighty wouldn't give us that which we could not accomplish without his spirit working in us. For he is faithful. As he calls us into that faithfulness, so that's displayed when, when he moves us in the challenge of heart and soul and mind. To love him above all else and to love others as we would love ourselves. And... That love is a beautiful expression of that grace that we know in our Savior's, from our Savior's cross, His life in us. This is the totality, you might say, of our life as a trustee here. In the work of Jesus on His cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Are the words of salvation Jesus speaks and cries out from his cross as he's managing these last moments of his life for our salvation, for our hope in life, for our call to be a trustee of the kingdom, which is not just a one-time journey to some place with an incredible view. For some people, hiking up humpback rocks is a bucket list item. Check! Got that box filled in? Don't need to do that again. All right. But life is a trustee. As a child of God in the kingdom, is not a box to check. It's an opportunity to live each day climbing as a trustee filled with faith and love for Jesus up that mountain of life to manage life and all of its resources. We are going to stumble and fall and we're going to fail. But when we get to the top each and every day, wow, what a view. What a privilege it is to serve as a trustee of the kingdom of our Lord. And we get to exercise that journey again tomorrow and over and over and over again in the example of Jesus. So it is the example in your life and mine. This is where Paul then would give the Corinthian church and the Spirit gives us, Fishersville Church, Bethany, an opportunity to follow in my example, Paul said, as I follow Christ. So follow Christ. And you can use me as an example if you want, but let's follow Christ. What does that mean for us? How is that lived out daily, climbing this challenge and reaching the pinnacle by, by God's grace each day as a trustee? 
Well, there's some very practical ways for us, my friends. In the pew pockets in front of you, and if you're sitting in the front row, reach back. I don't think there's on your, you're on your seats, but reach back. And in the pew pocket um, behind you or in front of you, you're going to find uh, an envelope. It looks like this. It's a white envelope. It has this on it. Go ahead and take that out, please. Go ahead and look at it. Look at it. You may have to share with, I don't know, I don't know how many uh, were put in there, but uh, pass them down the rows if you, so everybody can have one, or at least couples, spouses can, can share one. It's good that we have an opportunity in this hike, this journey as trustees to every once in a while have an opportunity to commit ourselves uh, unto the ways of the Lord. This is not a pledge. That's something very different. This is a, an opportunity for you and me to review for us the commitments that we've been called into as trustees. Let's take a look at Simon from Cyrene. Simon is there and and forced into this exercise of carrying the cross of Jesus. And as I mentioned, he's got things to do that day. He's coming into Jerusalem from the country with a responsibility that he's got to carry out, and he's got only so much limited time. Sometimes the use of time for the Lord and his kingdom feels like a burden or forced upon us. But let me ask you this, the first line there. I'm entrusted with time. We are, aren't we? And the Lord is leading me to make an adjustment in the use of time. That's a huge adjustment for Simon of Cyrene. What about you? How is the Lord challenging you as a trustee of his kingdom and the gift of time, challenging you to make an adjustment for his kingdom's sake? I can't answer that for you. Pray that the Spirit would lead you and give you understanding and discernment where you're at in the use of time in your life. And when you have an opportunity, as the Spirit is speaking to you, then take a moment and, and write it down. Here. We meet, meet the other people along the journey of Jesus, these women who mourned and wailed for him, the people who stood watching and the rulers who, who sneered at him. These, are, these are, are people like you and me. They're parents. Uh, they're shop owners. They have a, a, a business to run. They're, they're, um, they're, they're, they're spouses. Some of them are religious leaders. Uh, they're students. They're, they're all people of, of Jerusalem who are there in this group. And yet, what are they doing? Mocking the very Lord? They've got skills and gifts and abilities that are reflected, and yet here they are, sneering at the very one who's come to save them. What about you and me? Each one of us. Next line there for us. We're entrusted with gifts of his spirit. We're entrusted with talents and abilities in your life, all of our lives, in which he's leading me to, to move away from this kind of attitude. We're forgiven of that. And employ the talents, abilities, the gifts of his spirit in these ways. Now, maybe you're not real clear yet about what gifts of the spirit you have. We're working towards that. Our Servant Leadership Council, last week, our elders, the next time we meet, are going to be presented with a Gifts of the Spirit inventory to help us discover, as leaders, how we're gifted. And later on in the spring, we'll all have an opportunity to be gifted then with this tool to use to discover, to discern, this is how the Lord has gifted me. With at least one gift, Scripture's very clear on that, but... Many of us have more than one gift. And to understand then how those gifts might be employed along with our talents, our abilities, and skills. 
How is the Lord challenging you in this commitment? The soldiers, they also came up. They mocked Jesus, except that one, the centurion, who went against the grain, swam upstream, and stood there before the cross of Jesus and said, Surely this is the Son of God. As you've made your declaration of faith today, so you too are called to stand out from the world, to swim upstream. And many ways, this is exemplified in our lives of how we manage a particular item in our life, and that is finances. We stand against the world in how we manage the resources of finances that God has given us so that they might be used for his kingdom, for his glory, for his purposes. Not for the sake of the world and its pleasures. And that's a challenge. But I'm entrusted, next one, with the blessings of financial means in which he's leading me to... Maybe you want to step out in faith and say, this is the year, this is the time, this is the moment when I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to give 10% off the top of the resources, the financial resources the Lord has given me for his kingdom's sake. Maybe the Lord is challenging you to take a step forward in another percent or two or however of your financial giving to the kingdom. How is he challenging you to readjust that which you've been given so that we stand before the cross of our Lord and give him glory against the grain of the world. Two other men, both criminals, they were also led out with Jesus there to be executed. This one moment of these, uh, of these men's lives, they come face to face with the Savior Jesus and in just a few moments, they're going to be dead, crucified. And one of them takes advantage of that moment and recognizes Jesus as Savior and Lord. Friends, we're in a unique moment as a, as a church, as a congregation. We have a unique moment when we're working towards the paying off of a, a mortgage, a debt, and, and in the moment of this 250th anniversary. And we've talked about this over the months. Now it's an opportunity for us to put something into practice. And some of you already are. To the tune of, uh, of, of that $250,000 for our 250th anniversary, already $56,000 has been given towards that 250000 goal. Great. Praise the Lord for that. And thank you for your, your generosity. Now, now how might we all also step into that for this moment? So I'm entrusted, the last cross there on your sheet, I'm entrusted in the joy of this fellowship as I celebrate its rich gospel mission and our 250th anniversary year, that he's leading me to gift this congregation in our 250, 250 campaign, what? How is he challenging you? One-time gift? Above and beyond your first fruit giving to the tune of this amount every month, week, quarter, year? How is the Spirit leading you for this moment concerning our 250 for 250? So you have an envelope. However you choose to use this envelope, it's up to you. You don't have to turn this in if you don't want to. If you want to turn it in as a commitment, you can give it to me as your pastor so that I know this is your commitment. We walk together in that commitment as God's people. But this is between you and the Lord, ultimately. Whether you want to use this envelope for a, a gift to the 250 campaign, that's fine. 
or not. You decide that as the Spirit leads. But in the weeks to come, you'll also continue to see these green envelopes that are in your pew, your, the pew pocket. And those are always available for you. And they're, and they're, and they're designated for our 250 campaign. So you use them to the glory of our saving God. To be a trustee. To be a trustee is to follow the example of Christ who over and over and over again would cry out to our Heavenly Father for the salvation of our souls. To be a trustee of of the kingdom of God is to employ over and over and over again the opportunity to take that journey each day to use the gifts, abilities, time, talents, treasures that God has given to us, even in these moments, for the glory of his name and the celebration of his kingdom in our lives. Wow, what a view there is at the top, right? Come, and shall we climb together? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, for the privilege and honor of walking together as your people, as trustees, to taking upon ourselves as your spirit moves individual family commitments as you call us to, Lord. Convict us in these ways in which you're working. Free us from the guilt and, and, and sinful patterns of life that mark our living, Lord. We're free from that. We know that in, in Christ Jesus. And as he, has entered from the, uh, as he has come out of the tomb victoriously and entered into our hearts as our living Savior, so, in his example, we walk in these ways to your glory. Empower and strengthen us as your trustees. Wow. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the peace of God that passes our understanding, my brothers and sisters, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Let's live together for him, shall we? To his glory and praise, for we know that he loves us. And what an opportunity we have to love him as we love each other. Amen.